Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Folks, we're back with Joe Presto Giacomo, CFP, for the last episode in our series on buying financial practices, right? What are we going to call this, Joe? We're going to call it the capstone. The capstone. That's- the capstone episode, episode three. So again, for, for the regular listener that is that we're typically going over investments in retirement, this may apply to you. I know we're going to get into some details in this episode, but this may apply because if your advisor is retiring and they don't have a succession plan in place or a plan to once they retire what are you going to do with your money they should okay and in many instances these advisors they're going to sell their business to another advisor so you're going to want to meet with that advisor ahead of time or that team to make sure they are still a good fit right so but jumping back to the advisors joe the last episode we left off just talking about what we need from those advisors to make a real offer to those folks. And we have an outline and we have a checklist and some of this stuff will definitely be financial jargon, but obviously for the advisors that have been doing this for a long time, they'll know exactly what we're talking about. So the first thing we need is what, Joe? How much can you take out of your current investments and never run out of money? When is the absolute best time to take Social Security? Are you 100% confident in your investment strategy? Are you paying too much in taxes? Why? If something were to happen to you today, what would they find? If you are doubting any of this and would like a second opinion or to review these items, along with many more, feel free to reach out to us. You can visit us at www.sixpointsfp.com or email us at info at sixpointfp.com. Back to the show. Uh, The trailing 12 report, which is your last 12 months of income broken down. So with that, we would need current payout percentage. Again, that's in our world. What's your GDC? Where do you stand? And within that trailing 12 as well, what we'd like to see is the breakdown. Where is this business coming from? So is there a lot of mutual fund business, annuity business, um, advisory business? What What is it? How does your business work? So again, I guess I'll take a step back. What, what we're going to get here and all this information or forms we're looking for, we're really trying to get a deep dive into the practice and then we'll see what is going on day to day, month to month, year over year. How does this operate? So that trailing 12 is the first piece of this to kind of show how the business is performing. Usually what we've found with advisors, I don't know if you've seen this day, but they'll give a trailing 12 and then they'll do like a current year to date, last year overall, and sometimes even go two years back and say, hey, here's the breakdown of my business over the past you know, 24 to 36 months. Yeah, But the trailing 12 is definitely important. Yeah, and, and the, the difference in it, and most advisors know this, the different types of businesses, the advisory business versus the broker dealer business. Those are two very different things. 
commissionable business is worth X amount. Advisory business is worth a different X amount. We, we don't need to get into that level of detail right now. But I do want to be clear with something, Joe, because we've had several advisors ask us like, hey, guys, listen, my clients are in, I mean, specifically a couple of them, they're in A shares. They're all yep. set. I don't want to move them to advisory accounts because they've already paid the fee. I think they're in a good spot with whatever funds we're using. We don't want to move them. Even though that advisor knows for somebody purchasing their practice, it would be more valuable if those A shares were moved into an advisory account. If it makes sense, and we've run into this personally, if it makes sense to leave them in that A share account, they can certainly do that. Yep. Uh, I know a lot of folks that are buying practice and they're like, we're going to move that the second you move over here. We need to move it. If it doesn't make sense, don't do it. Uh, if it ever makes sense going forward, it's obviously in an A share. We can move it anytime, right? Same can be said for the C shares. I have advisor friends who they just love a C share for one reason mm -hmm. or another. That's up to them. I'm not going to get into that, but like they, they love it. Okay. So big difference in advisory business and broker dealer and I wanted to be clear with the people do not have to move their accounts just because Joe is buying their practice, right? So I'll stop there, Joe. And then what, what do you have for the second thing that we're going to, we're going to need? Uh, the second thing, which kind of piggybacks out the first thing is the profit and loss statement. Um, again, would like something a little bit more official from your accountant, not something on a Microsoft Word document that you put together quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's actually fine. It's a good place it, to start. It is. It is a good place to start, but you, you do need it to be a little bit more official um, when we start going down this path. But within that profit and loss, there's probably a couple things that we're keying in on. Um, if you have employees, what's their salary? What are the benefits? You know, what's the all-in cost for that person? Yep. Your current lease situation for your office, or do you own the building? Uh, yep. Because if someone's lease is coming up or it's going to be up in a year. What are we doing? Are we moving? Are we just going to renew what's happening? Um, website, phones, emails, what are you paying for all those? Where are those housed? Just to see if we can kind of incorporate them or merge them into ours to make it a little bit of a smoother and easier transition. But that profit and loss statement, again, probably the second most important document or maybe even the first because yeah, you could be making a ton of money. You could be making a million dollars a year, but if you're shelling out nine hundred and fifty thousand a year, yep, your business is not worth anything, or <laughs> worth very little. Because yeah, there's there's no profit margin on there. There's that's no that, wiggle room. That's what I was gonna say, Joe. So the and, and by the way, for the advisor listeners that don't have a profit and loss statement, don't feel bad. We've run into a number of yep. of you that have not had this done. The word document is not a bad place to start. And then we have templates for a profit and loss statement if somebody needs to run through that. But I want to give two examples here, Joe, just based on what you just said. And yep. one is the advisor making 1.4 million. They're, they're crushing it, right? But they have eight staff people, 500 clients, a big, beautiful office, and a seven-year lease that he just signed. Okay. And the expenses to run that business are 1.3 million. So is that advisor making 1.4 million or are they making 100,000, right? Profit, okay? Yep. Is that business as valuable to an advisor who is, quote, just making 400,000, which is great, but they only have one staff person in a reasonable office with expenses of maybe 100,000? 
which one is more valuable? I'm not, I'm not actually sure because you'd have to get into deeper numbers to figure all of that out. Maybe certain things are falling off and maybe certain things are being added, which way is the business trending, but yeah. all of those things need to be taken into consideration. But we do run into a lot. We we've run into this before where someone doing a tremendous job, a lot of clients, lots of revenue coming in, but their profits are very, very low. But typically, we don't see that in our business. Typically, we see high profit margins and high cash flow because it well, and that's what makes our, honestly, guys, our financial practices so valuable to somebody who's buying them because they yep. see the cash flow and they see the, the typical profits. But it makes sense to go through that spreadsheet or that template and see where the profit and loss losses stand. And don't feel bad if you haven't done this. I know Joe was making fun of the uh, the word document, but it's, <laughs> we, we've seen we've seen nothing, right? Like it, in, I, if somebody started 25, 30, 35, 40 years ago and they don't have this, it's no big deal. Yeah. What better time to do it than now? Okay. So mm-hmm. that profit loss statement, at least up and running to get a uh, real offer, which by the way, Joe, I've, I have heard of folks, other companies will just say, hey, we pay two times revenue for your business. I've always thought that's crazy. I mean, I guess it works for them. Mm-hmm. But like, what if the revenue, what if their expenses are more than their revenue? Yeah. I mean, I don't, that two yeah. times is almost like a uh, a guideline, we'll call it. Because if there's like that example you used, the advisor is making 400000 and his expenses are only 100 he's probably more valuable than the guy who's making 1.4 and is spending 1.3. You know, how do you get two times revenue on that number? You know, you have to get a $2.8 million check or an $800,000 check. And one of them is running at a, what, 75% profit margin? Yeah. But by those parameters, again, without digging yeah, deep yeah, yeah. into it, I'll yeah. take the smaller advisor with the one staff person rather than eight staff people in office and uh, 500 clients all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, but you never know. You never know. So that's why we dive Correct. into those numbers. So, uh, so we've got so far, Joe, we got the trailing 12, we got the profit and loss statement. What's next that you need? Client demographics would be very helpful. Um, yep. you know, a, a breakdown of the book. We, how old are your clients? What's the average age? The reason we're asking that is if you have a book that's made up of mostly couples or individuals who are taking required minimum distributions or RMDs, and there's no real money coming back into the business, right? So let's just say you had 100 clients and, and 90 of them, for example, are 75 plus. Well, do you have any of the kids as clients? Because I'm going to go with maybe not. If you only have 10 clients who aren't over 75, um, you know, their required minimum distribution situation, how much money is leaving the business every year? Because that you're, you're catching that business on the downslope. Um, so age is a big thing. Location, where are your clients mostly focused? Are they local or they spread out throughout the country? Um, we we did touch about the assets a little bit, you know, the breakdown of where they are and um, how they're situated. Qualified versus non-qualified is also helpful. Yep. And then the preferred way to meet. So I guess that's kind of a two-parter. If you're meeting in person, are you running three-hour meetings? with these people or you're doing a lot of zoom meetings. Is it both? Um, what's the time commitment, right? Because if you have a hundred households, but each meeting is, you know, half a day, for example, I know it's a little extreme. That's a big time commitment. 
then, hey, I have 200 households. They're spread out throughout the country, and it's a 30 to 40-minute Zoom once a year because they just they travel. Yeah. Again, something to consider. Um, again, that was an extreme example to kind of bring up, but we need to know these things because I I can't come into your, I can't buy your practice. And then you're like, oh, by the way, they only meet in person in this month. And um, I in Montana, 30- in Montana. Yeah. How do you do this? <laughs> uh, okay. You know, yeah. you need these details so we can make a reasonable offer to you. Yeah. And, uh, and it- the other extreme you said is every client's getting up there in age. This kind of goes back to the trending. Like, is your, the trailing trail 12 trending up? Is it trending down? Uh, yep. We've had other folks that have approached us that have 50 year old clients in the tech space, right? And they're, and that business is taking off. They're growing every year. The advisor just wants to move on and do something else. I'll say that nicely, yep. right? <laughs> so, uh, on the other side is obviously what Joe said, money going out, flow going out. And what I find, Joe, and I don't blame these guys at all or, or ladies, is they just don't have the energy anymore to want to hunt down the kids to go meet with them. And that's yep. totally cool. I think in our own practice, we've done a really good job because we have some systems in place and we have certain videos that go out. We have introductions and other things that go to the beneficiaries on all of our investment accounts. But yeah, if, I, if I've been an advisor for 40 years and I've had the, pretty much the same clients most of the time and I don't have their kids now, by, by now, I'm not going to have this huge push at the end of my career to go make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you could hire someone and bring them in to help you do that. But again, that's another like, I just don't want to deal with that. And I don't blame anybody. So what we have been able to successfully do is work with those clients and then meet with their kids. And a lot of their children, when I say kid, they're not kids. They're 50, 60, 70 years yeah. old themselves. That's the children of clients that we're working yep. with. Uh, in many cases, we have the grandkids, right? So we'll have multi-generational built in. So we're, we, we go through that with any practice that we're talking about and how we would make that happen. Obviously, you don't want to step on any toes and you want to keep that relationship going. And we want to meet the way that they want to, when they want to, like Joe said, and and is it in person or on zoom or whatever it is. So demographics are very important. And, and most of that will come out in a trailing 12 and a profit and loss statement, but you definitely want to have that listed out. So yeah. all right, Joe, that was the uh, third thing you need from people. What's the fourth thing that you like to get the into? The fourth thing, or we can kind of call it three B is uh, your current software. Okay. Right. Cause that kind of ties into the demographics yeah. and how you're meeting with them. So are you using financial planning software when you meet with your clients? Are you, bringing out an asset map to kind of make it a simple process of, Hey, by the way, real quick, just want to overview, you know, a quick overview. Here's where everything is. Is this still correct? Are you getting into a little bit deeper planning, maybe using like a right capital or a money guide pro? What are you using? Mm-hmm. Um, are you doing some tax planning? Um, maybe using a holistic plan where you put your clients uh, tax returns in there and try to find some opportunities or, yeah, you know, we'll call efficiencies, you know, things that they need to do um, next year or the year after. So how is that all tied in? So that software is big. And again, we talked about it earlier, the, I guess you can kind of lump in the website, email, that could technically count as software. But the big thing is, what are you doing on the back end for your clients? Are you even using any software? I mean, we've run into people who aren't. That's what I was going to say. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's it's common. Yeah. But you you just want to know because if they're you know if they're using for example right capital and they open that with their client on every review. By the way, here's all your stuff. Here's your live plan. Here, let's tweak this. And you're going through it. Well, we should probably use that mm-hmm. as we take over to you know make sure that everything is still smooth as we meet with clients. If you're not using any software, we're not going to bring in something you know heavy like e-money, which really gets into the nitty gritty because you might throw those people for a spin and lose them. So I guess it's more of a personal preference. Like, what are you using anything? Yes or no? And what are you using? How are you using it with your clients? Because you don't want to, you know, introduce yourself for the first time and say, oh, by the way, here's your stuff. And they're like, we didn't go through any of this. We just went through the account. You know, you don't want to overwhelm them and just send them sideways. And they're like, all right, I'm leaving. A quick interruption. Six Point Financial Partners is taking on new clients. If you would like to take the next step in planning your future with Dave or the Six Point team, please visit them at www.sixpointfp.com to schedule a time or reach out via LinkedIn, Facebook, or simply find us on the internet by searching Six Point Financial Partners. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, and you want to be consistent for sure. And that with what they've been used to for however many years you've been working with them. And then the second part is Joe mentioned the tax planning software. I have yet, and I'm not picking on our advisor friends. I've yet to run into any advisors have been around for 30 plus years that are doing detailed tax planning that are openly selling their practice right now. I know it's happening out there. Uh, But if you're doing tax planning, you probably, what I have found, you have a succession plan in place and you have a team and you have other advisors helping you. So those might not even be the folks we're talking to. So I think the point is when you meet with a client after you're going through this acquisition, you don't want to throw all sorts of stuff at them that they're not used to. Mm-hmm. What you do want to do is throw stuff at them that they are used to and you just keep it consistent. And then if it makes sense, to, it's almost like the A-shares, if it ever makes sense to do anything else, then you slowly transition them and say, hey, we're just updating our software and this is this is how we work. So, um, but yeah, jumping right into detailed tax planning when buying somebody's practice uh, usually isn't going to make much sense until you get to know those clients really well yourself. So, mm-hmm. all right, Joe. So we got software, website, all that stuff. What's what's next? Um, number five is the current review process, and we can kind of bring number six into this as well. Uh, the communication system. What are you using? Uh, review process, like we talked about earlier a little bit with the client demographics. How frequently are you meeting with your clients? What is the the system? Is it, hey, you know, I just, I haven't talked to the Smiths yet this year. It's September. Yeah, let's call them. Mm-hmm. Or do the Smiths know every September you call them to meet with them? A <laughs> little, bit of a, little bit of a difference. You know, are you just kind of flying by the seat of your pants? And then the communication as well. Are you, how frequently are you in touch with your clients? Are you touching base with them once a quarter? Um, are you going to send them a little note? Do you send out any birthday cards? Um, when someone retires, do you send them a little gift or you know a nice bottle of wine? What what do you do for these people? For your clients who are probably friends now, what do you do? Again, just want to kind of know for ourselves to help keep the consistency going, but. What is going on? Again, we probably know some of that from the profit loss statement. You might see some 
expenses yeah. there. But again, what are you, are you doing anything? If you are doing anything, what is it? Yeah. So, so let me go back to the review process, Joe, the, we've had somebody who told us it would be a relief. We're not working with this person yet, but wow, guys, it would be a relief to know that you have a system for meeting with all my clients. Like mm-hmm. I, I've been meaning to do this for 37 years. And it, most of the people listening, Joe, and we, we know this guys, the is, yeah, I just haven't talked to that person in a while. I'm going to have my assistant give him a call. Check in. <laughs> Haven't seen that person in a while. Like, I wonder what they're up to. It is so much easier once that system is built and it's either whatever, 15 people a month. On the first Monday of January and the first Monday of February, you have a list of the people that you need to get a hold of. Or what we like to do is we like to lump sum the meetings and We'll have like 40 or 50 reviews in a month. It makes it efficient for our staff. It makes it efficient for the people. They get an agenda. They get an email. They get a call. They get all the things. But more importantly, what what you said, Joe, was they know we're going to get a hold of them. My clients know that Dave and his team are going to reach out to us for a meeting in March or in May or in August, whatever their month is. They know it. And it eliminates a lot of confusion, a lot of questions. The other thing it does is in the meantime, we don't get a lot of random phone calls saying asking random questions to us or our staff because they know that we're going to be getting a hold of them. So they just save it for the meeting because they know they're going to meet with us. So these mm-hmm. clients, it feels great for the clients. The advisors have said that we've talked to. It's a relief to know that my clients are going to be plugged into a system and that somebody's going to take care of them. And we can show you that. We'll show you like these are the months for these folks. Also, that goes back to some demographics. If we have a large group of folks that leave for Florida for the for the winter. Well, we'll either maybe lump some meetings in Florida, which I've done. Yeah, yeah, let's, <laughs> or, let's do that. Yeah. Or we just meet with those folks when they're in New York, in our case. So current view process is very important. Current client communication system. Hey, I could go on this all day. We have a communications calendar. We send stuff out. We've got letters, emails. Uh, I do Thanksgiving cards. We do a New Year's letter talking about the year and recap. In that letter in, that we send during the new year, it says your review months for this year, just a reminder, are, we'll just say March and August. You will hear from us then. Obviously, if you need anything in the meantime, we are here, but you will hear from us proactively in March and August. So that letter goes out. It's another good client communication system. Uh they hear from us pretty frequently. Uh, we don't want to be bothersome or annoying, mm-hmm. but we want to make it easy for those clients just to be able to hit reply or whatever they need to do to get a hold of us when when they feel the time is right, if it's not um, during our review meeting. So client communication is very important. We, we go over that in detail with any folks, any advisors that we're sitting down with and the clients. So, all right, Joe, what else do we have on here? Marketing plan number seven. Again, this will probably be quick. I haven't really seen it with older advisors. Are you spending money on any sort of marketing? Are you sponsoring golf tournaments, billboards, ads in the paper, I guess? People still read the newspaper, the physical one. Usually it's electronic now. Radio show. Radio show. Yeah, Yeah. we do that too. Anything you're doing. And we'll kind of loop in number eight, current COIs or center of influences. Are you working with any attorneys, accountants, CPAs for referrals or any joint work 
as well. Um, Cause we would like to keep those going if it's a good fit. Yep. So if you have a pretty good relationship with say an attorney, for example, in your area and you know, you're getting a lot of your clients estate documents in order since they're working with a bunch of your clients, we'd like to keep that going to make sure they're updating their documents. There's already a good fit there. There's a, a connection. So what do we need to do? Do we need to meet them too mm-hmm. to keep that going? And I'll do the last thing, could kind of wrap it up. Meet the transition team, right? Oh, have them meet our transition team. Yeah. Yes. That's a good point. Because you will be in contact with Dave, myself, our internal partners, maybe put a face with a name, have a conversation with them. You know, as much as we Zoom now post-COVID, I still think there's some value in meeting someone face-to-face at least once. You want to develop a relationship, right? No doubt about it. Yep. Yep. So, Joe, let me back up real quick, and then we'll, we'll wrap yep. this up. The, the current marketing plan, we've seen it all. I have seen, and when Joe says he hasn't seen this from an older advisor, I think what he means is not that no one is marketing, but it's hard to get a detailed actual budget for the marketing plan, right? Or like it, it's laid out. Like my marketing plan is I have a month by month plan. I have a giant calendar on the wall. We know exactly what we're doing. I know how much it costs. This podcast, for example, is one of them, right? Yep. Yep. And and we have social media. We've got YouTube stuff going. We've got other things that like we know that's the marketing plan. We know how much it costs. That is rare to see it detailed and laid out clearly. So we will help Correct. folks do that. And we've seen literally radio shows, TV shows, the Sunday morning TV show guy. Joe knows who I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. uh, they wanted me to join him for like $30,000 a week or something for a TV show. <laughs> it's like, um that is that making that much revenue? I don't know. But anyway, we, we want to get that down, get the marketing plan down. And again, do you want to continue this? Should we continue this or should we maybe redirect those dollars somewhere else? Or again, keep it going. Current COIs, the if you're in a networking group or you have your your friends that you golf with, or you've got your your night out with, with at the club or whatever it might be, yep. we want to meet those people for sure. And what I have found is it, it's not it's not weird. We're all advisors. We're pretty good at talking to people. We're easy to hang out with, I would say. So I've been to several different dinners or COIs or or we just send them this, this podcast or our stuff or our communications calendar. And I'm telling you guys what your COIs think is, holy cow, these guys actually have it together. Good for them. Yeah. And, and then they'll root for you. To, <laughs> they'll tell you, yeah, you should sell your business to these guys because look what they're going to do. <laughs> we, we've had that happen. And, uh, and we've continued relationships with those folks. And it's great. Mm-hmm. And it makes keeps the clients in the loop and, and everything else. Transition team, Joe has a checklist and a PDF for who would actually be working to transition your money. Joe, we talked about this in the first episode in this series was yep. every firm will tell you they'll help you transition your clients over. But uh, it, rarely do they have somebody that's like in-house, we are there to help. We're watching over the shoulder. We've done it ourselves. Our team has done this several times. Like, we want to make this as easy as possible and as fast as possible for you and selfishly for us too, because we want the clients to move cleanly, smoothly, and make it a great experience from start to finish. And we also have an onboarding checklist, which is in a different episode. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but we have an onboarding checklist that when somebody joins our firm, it's a kind of behind the scenes thing, but it's just another process. It's let's get them logged in. Let's connect with them on any social media. Let's make sure their emails are 
put into our system. Let's make sure that they're getting our videos. Let's just do all the things that we need to do as if we were taking on a new client. And it, it really makes it clean and easy. And if we're there in person, eyeball to eyeball looking at you, it makes it so much better than someone just saying, oh, yeah, we'll help you. All you guys know this. Every firm, if you've ever moved, <laughs> the listeners know this, Joe. Everyone is the best transition team you've ever had. Uh, of course. Award-winning. We're not actually the transition team. We're financial advisors that run practices. But because we've done this and we know this, we want to be there to help. Along with, by the way, we do want to lean on the back offices of the custodians and potentially the, the RIA, right? So um, I think the transition team is really important. And who would you actually be talking to? Who would your staff actually be talking to? And then all around, it just has to feel good, right? It's got to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. It's got to feel good. You're going to want to work with these people. If if somebody doesn't like somebody, it, it just doesn't make sense. So everybody's been around long enough to know, like, we want to work with people we want to work with that are going to take care of our clients. They're going to take care of our systems, our marketing, all, all the stuff that Joe just talked about. So Joe, I'll stop talking there. I could talk about this all day by itself, but anything else to add on here? All right. I think we've covered it all without going... Too deep. <laughs> We've reached right? the attention span of all financial advisors out there, Joe. Yes. It's, uh, we'll end it there, folks. If you need to look us up, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find us at our website, 6.fp.com. Joe Presta Giacomo. I'm going to start branding this Joe. is the only Joe Presta Giacomo CFP out there. 13 letters in his last name. Get a hold of me if you need anything. Info at 6.fp is our email. Folks, make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, Private Client Services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.